back again. This time I'm reviewing Ready Player One. Just going to give you a brief overview of what to expect going into this film and what it's about. And then I'm just going to go straight into spoilers and explain why I felt the way I did about this film. So, it's basically about a guy called Wade who enters a magical world in order to win a life-changing competition that could give him the keys to the Oasis, an online virtual kingdom more real to some than actual life. It's kind of like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory mixed with Indiana Jones with Wreck-It Ralph. That's basically what it is. If that sounds like your kind of thing, go for it. But here's what I thought, so spoilers ahead and let's get on with it. So, the opening setting up of the world was good. I really enjoyed the racing set pieces with the racing and the solving of that problem. It was fun and pretty creative. It's probably the most uh, gamey thing of the film, that mission, because the rest of it kind of departs that. This was the most like, oh yeah, I imagine this being in an actual game, whilst the rest is more creative. When the film is in the game, it works well. But the addition of the politics outside of the game and the outside game storyline, it really brings it down. And the reason it gets brought down is because none of the real world stuff feels real. Like, emotions of the main character just don't work outside of the game world because he doesn't act like you and I would in situations he's thrown in. For example, Wade's auntie, she's raised him due to his parents dying, getting killed off because... Who knows, it's never really explained. I think they have a throwaway line, but it's nothing of consequence. It doesn't pay off later in the film, so you just kind of ignore that information. But basically, his auntie gets killed because of Wade. In the next scene, it's like he doesn't care. (laughs) Uh, He's all wide-eyed and in love with finally meeting Artemis in real life. Uh, The girl, he's kind of in love in the game world. He finally meets in real life because, shockingly, they only lived, like, a few blocks away from each other. But he gives zero damn about his auntie dying. He's not even mad. It's like, yep, who cares? Only family I knew. She's dead. Oh, well. And I think the problem with this is because the auntie and the boyfriend feel like caricatures. Like, they're so weird and... They don't even feel like they fit in. They don't. They feel abnormal and it's off-putting. I didn't like the direction and the way their characters were presented. If they felt a little bit more grounded because they're hinting here that the auntie and the uncle are addicted to the game in the sense that Wade bows her gloves for the game and she's like, yo, if you take them again, I'll kick you out. Like, this is how much the game means to these people. And if they presented that in a more realistic way instead of like a bit of humor maybe we would have been like damn this is a savage world but we don't get that feeling from it because it just doesn't work and because of that a lot of the outside the game scenes just fall flat none of it works like you could have dumped those scenes and have a much better entertaining film it could have just been more inside the game quest and that's where all the fun is because as soon as you're out of that world it's like the brakes are put on the film now If you like easter eggs, you will love this thing, or you'll feel sick because there's so damn many of them. The early ones went straight over my head because the film moves so fast, like the camera's moving, everything's moving at such a frantic pace, that it's hard to settle and notice things. So maybe on repeat viewings, or if you're going through it frame by frame, you'll be like, oh, where's that guy, where's that guy? 
it's too fast and it's like blink and you miss it moments. Uh, it does thankfully settle down later on. And I guess maybe Spielberg loves Chucky. But I'm absolutely good. We didn't get the Star Wars stuff. Like there's a mention of the Millennium Falcon. It's like, this is Warner Bros, right? Like this isn't a Fox film or a Disney film. Will we get the Falcon? I was like, I was hoping, I was hoping, I was hoping. And no, no Falcon. So good in there. But because of all the stuff they threw in, I've got to give some massive credit to the guys who sorted out the rights and usage for this thing because that must have been a colossal task. And I'm not envious of that job, but well done to those guys because usually I'm not bothered by that. But because there's so many references on screen, you like, someone give those guys a round of applause. The best moment of the film comes towards the middle. Well, they go into the cinema... And as soon as they go through the doors, they're transported into the Shining Hotel. The best way to describe it is it's similar to the scene from The Force Awakens when Rey grabs the lightsaber and she gets flashes of the lightsaber's journey like Cloud City, burning of Luke's temple. But this was just kind of more awesome. Like the way they've stitched actual footage and like the CGI together looks pretty seamless like I was very impressed some of the shots might have been directly pulled from the film and they've put a CGI guy in there but it looks very convincing and it works well and it's very clever of the way they do it like plenty of little references with the guy who is in charge of the world he's like on the photo of the shining similar to Jack Nicholson's character and I was like oh it's very clever and it's the type of film where I'd like to research and see how much is from the book and how much is Spielberg bringing or the scriptwriters because it's one of those things where you think, oh, this is cool, but you're not sure what to give Spielberg credit for or what to detract from him. But one thing I can detract from Spielberg is the pacing and the end of the film. The film is two hours and 20 minutes long and towards the end, it really feels like it's dragging. And I'm not on about the ending of the film. I'm on about, like, that third act. Because there's, like, this massive battle between, like, the Sixers and the rest of the gamers. And it just goes on and on. And you're not really sure what's happening. Because it never feels like anyone's in any real danger. Like, in terms of danger, I know they're in a game world and we can't be killed. But there's, like... It's intercut with a scene where they're being attacked in the real world and in the game world, but none of it feels connected. Like when you take uh, Inception, for example, Inception's a great example. They're in a dream world, but there's consequences. If you died in this dream world, you're screwed. Effects from the outside world, like a truck toppling over, would affect the dream world as well. And that was a really clever way to get you invested. Whilst this... Because you didn't really care about the real life stuff. Whenever that propped up, he's like, oh, come on, get on with it. And when you was in the game world, because it was just constant like action and action, you didn't get a sense of, is it going well for the good guys? Is it going bad for the good guys? There's no one saying, oh, we're struggling. Oh, there's nothing to tell you what's happening. It just feels like it's going on and on and on and on. He's like, okay, I'm done with the scene now. Let's crack on. And it just goes on and it really pulls it away. I'd, I'd love to see an edit of this film where 
you tone down the real world stuff and you bring it back. The villain, Ben Mendelsohn, he wasn't bad. But the major problems with this film were... It was... In all, I did enjoy the film. But the characters could have used a bit more development. I keep hearing the words such as Spielberg magic being thrown around to describe this film. And it's here that makes me think that... For me, Spielberg magic is like that emotion of how it makes you feel watching these scenes. It's like this... You have this awe in like watching it. So it lacks that because I was never like, oh wow... In part, I was actually overwhelmed, but not in the good sense. And when you think of it as like a ride, it's nowhere near as close to Jurassic Park. It was an okay film. It's If you liked Tintin, you'll like this film because it's very similar in the style. Like Spielberg really lets loose with how he wants the camera to go in all different angles. And it works. But it's not the best thing. It might be worth a watch, but... I mean, I didn't really have any expectations going into this film because when I saw the trailer, I was like, this looks a mess. This just looks like a CG fest and it looks terrible. But I didn't realise that they was going to go full CG for the computer game scenes. Well, mostly full CG. Some of it looks really real and some of it doesn't. Uh, and that's a bit weird to get used to. I think Batval would love it because he kind of wants to go full CG, it seems. But... Some of it looked good, and I was like, okay. Once I was in the film and I realised that you had real-world scenes and it was live-action and CG characters for the in-game stuff, it, I settled in better, but I didn't have high expectations for this film, but this film didn't blow me away either. It doesn't build up any development for the main characters, like, I don't get a feel for them. If anything, I just think this guy falls for anything, really. He just gets detached really fast. They could have had some fun. They could have made the girl a bit uglier. The guy not as handsome. But watching it, he was like, oh, lucky you. She's good looking. I would have preferred it to be a 300 pound man. Because that would have been funny and had some challenging. And they did hint about it. It's like, uh, H says to him, he's like, Yo, you don't know who this chick could be. It could be a guy. And he's like, no, I know this person. I love her. It's like, you barely bloody know her. And because of that, you just, it's a bit weird. 